begin episode number three. Welcome to the new wrestling alliance. We mean business. And if you're here on my esteemed panel, to my left, your right, if you're sitting with me, it is the man known as Ichi. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the third episode. Hey! And if you're looking to my left, your right, it is the man known as F. Hello, hello, indeed. Welcome to the next episode. Indeed! And we're going to just jump right into it. I mean, we're just going to go with Again, another blockbuster attraction that we knew was going to create just two parallel different universes. The man, the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar, beat the shit out of Mark Hunt at UFC 200. But to the bigger news, Brock Lesnar comes back with not one, but two failed drug tests. I mean, this draws so many negative eyes from someone who just went from UFC. Imp, what's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I'm I'm keeping hope alive, you know. I'm feeling like, you know, somewhere like there was a supplement mix up or I just, you know, I just don't want this uh victory of his to be tainted. Yeah, I mean, part of me wants it to I I'm I'm keeping hope alive just as much, but it's like the window is closing more and more. I'm I've heard some issues with I've heard some excuses or reasons where it might have been an end by him using his inhaler, and I've also heard some fat, some fat cutter supplement. But I wonder, like, how do you, how do you think this is going to impact the Brock Lesnar status within WWE? Ichi, what do you think? Actually, I think it's it works in Randy Orton's favor since he is wrestling him for uh, SummerSlam. So it's it's going to be. It can work in his favor, but like you were saying, it's like, what's the repercussions for this, or what's the extent of it being a performance enhancement drug, or, you know, coming from an inhaler, or in something like that case. Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm really hoping, like, they make a big show out of it. Like, I want Randy Orton to uh, keep playing up the role of Lesnar being a cheater, and that, like, maybe he wants him tested before the pay-per-view, and then they make a big show out of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a way to continue to legitimize WWE. That's a really good point. It's somewhere, it's something where you can spin it where Brock can try and earn his redemption by going through more quote unquote drug testing policies, and then, like you said, the build up it can re- it can really feel like a big fight feel with both Orton and with both Orton and Brock being drafted to two different shows. You know, this is a one-time deal that's only that's happened once every 14 years. So, uh, with everything that's going on with Brock and how you and how you made mention of making it a big fight feel, what are some of the steps you think this program? What direction do you think this program takes, and how does how does Brock's status really affect all of this? I think status-wise, Lesnar, I don't think he's going to have any repercussions on the WWE side. But I kind of don't want to see this becoming like a one-off match. Like maybe we could have either Lesnar, you know, interrupt SmackDown to attack Randy or vice versa or some. you know. I just don't want to see it just this matches it and then never again. And like I also see when this match takes place, Randy Orton winning through cheap means. Like I see him cheating in the win. Yeah, I can agree with that. I feel that the program is, 
you know, just going to be for SummerSlam taking that Randy Orton is on one program and Brock being on the other. And as far as, you know, his respect factor, I mean, he's going to have to work to, you know, get respect from some. I mean, of course, you know, he's going to have his fan base uh, when he gets into, uh, you know, the arena, the WWE arena. But it's still going to be some backlash that I think that we'll, we'll need to see like him, you know, come come off in some type of way. Yeah, I can see. Um, I see it going on both one, both one of two ways, you know. Because I mean, we'll touch on the we'll touch on the draft aspect of it uh, later. But when you really have some, when you really have two, which are two, I would call exclusive stars. Brock Lesnar is an automatic attraction in himself. You have Orton, who's a new. It's coming off of a ten-month layoff. I mean, this uh, another mainstay. These two, you already are always at the top of the card. I think that you can have a you have a situation where Brock can ha, can come as a face come as a face or a means of redemption, and Orton cheating to win, or you have which I would prefer the the Viper. Or you can have, or you can have it where there is a the cross promotional beef, and Brock Lesnar doesn't follow anybody's rules and just going to come over and knock and knock out Orton as much as possible. It's it'll be interesting to see um, which direction they this goes. But let's move on to our um, next segment, um, the last Raw Super Show where every where every. Um, WWE superstar was able to compete on Raw before the draft. Uh, there's some we had we had the one week buildup of Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the WWE Championship, and they had 30 minutes to go. But we had some we had a little bit more clarity going into the draft, and we had some other and we had some storyline advancement. Um, Ichi, what's um something on Raw that really stood out for you? Like you were saying, uh, with Rollins and Ambrose, um, this feud, I think what I even mentioned last week is that I like that they keep mentioning uh, Roman Reigns for this match on Sunday. So the suspension will be up. These three will go at it. And, uh, you know, so I like the fact that on Raw they they mentioned him. Uh, I like the match that they had. But... Did not like the double pin um, scenario at the end of Raw. It just wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I agree. That I agree. That a uh, double pin was very weak. I feel like they could have did something better with that. Um, but overall, it was a really good match. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm really excited for this pay per view. Um, especially to see how Roman uh, handles himself in this situation. Especially since they're saying you know he's a caged animal. Which you know I don't understand why he's a caged animal, but since he's probably just sitting at home sipping tea with his daughter, but here is my handle and here is or my spell. him and Brock been talking and sharing some stuff. They need to listen to Captain Lou. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. <laughs> Y'all, there's something else. I will be it'll be interesting because will WWE finally pull the trigger and just let Roman actually play the heel? Or is Roman going to? Are they still going to try and push Roman as a face, even though he's just got suspended? 
who there's so many there's so many different factors with that that it's pretty that I'm wondering about. But it, I do want to give kudos to WWE for keeping Roman relevant even while he's suspended and still getting a title shot after suspension. Roman Reigns does not deserve to be in the main event at Battle. Um, anyways, we have the match with Rollins and Dean. Thirty minutes, both of these guys were able to put it on the line, and it was. And in the matchup, even though they competed against each other several times, this still felt fresh to me. There was a different attitude. It was a champion versus challenger. You were used to seeing Seth in that dominant role, but this time he still was approaching it as he's as if he's the man, but is a little bit more aggressive. So it'll be really interesting to see where this all falls into place. But um, going on with some other things with Raw. We got some clarity about what was happening with our WWE draft. We knew that Stephanie was going to be running Raw. We knew that Shane was going to be running SmackDown. Vince told us that there was going to be two general managers, and rumors were circulating. We've had John Laurinaitis, Teddy Long, even Vicky Guerrero's made her face around. But when it all came and said and done, Raw went with, live right here from our podcast, Mick Foley. Have a nice day! And, when, and on SmackDown, giving the people what they want, the man, the myth. Yes, Mr. Daniel Bryan, your general manager of SmackDown. Battle lines have been drawn. And what are your thoughts on these general manager picks, and how do you think the dynamic's going to be? Yeah, I'm really excited about these uh, these picks, especially this di- uh, relationship that Mick Foley and Stephanie have. I feel like it's going to lead to a lot of uh, comedy slash drama, especially when they start to butt heads. And also when I feel at some point uh, wrestlers on the, uh, on the show are going to start calling Mick Foley a sellout. I mean, we already have Cesaro making those statements that he did during his... Uh, his interview saying that the focus should be on the talent and less on Mick Foley and Stephanie. So I'm pretty excited about where this is going to go in general. I can agree with that. Um, I really love that Foley went to Raw. Like you said, that relationship between him and Stephanie will be some great comedy, hopefully, if the writers do well. Um, But I'm also looking forward to Daniel Bryan on SmackDown and his relationship with Shane and maybe them somehow, you know, bumping heads down the road or something like that. But it's, it's definitely, I like those two picks as general managers. I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, I really like that both characters speak about the direction of each each show is going to be. And when you have, when you think of Mick Foley, you think of these deep, deep characters, different characters, a lot of range. I think we're going to have Raw that's going to be very storyline driven with some of the established yet younger players while you have Daniel Bryan, your general manager of SmackDown, who is Mr. Wrestling. He's going to be on the go. He's going to bring different, he's going to bring a different type of energy that I think SmackDown's going to just have that different feel. Something that is going to be—it's going to be fresh. It's going to be something that is going to be the alternative to the raw, but with the same developing storylines. It'll be interesting to—it'll be interesting to see how this plays in my, for me. 
But on one another thing going on about Battle Raw before we go transitioning into SmackDown, we have what is probably one of the more intriguing matchups going into Battleground. We have the WWE World Tag Team Champion, the New Day, in like a grueling, intense feud with the Wyatts. We've touched on it. Each and every episode so far here of the New Wrestling Alliance, we mean business. And I know that if you felt a little indifferent before, are you warming up to this program now? I mean, I was actually entertained with it. I mean, it, it was what it was. It seems like it was a filler match. <laughs> like, I don't feel like, I don't see it going anywhere else after, you know, Battleground. Because uh, they're basically going to different shows. I mean, the only person on Raw will be... Uh, Braun, right? Yes. I mean, have they decided if both uh, if the belts are going to be uh, defended on both shows yet? They have not. Well, Still I'm just going to go with yeah. I'm just going to go with that they're not defended on SmackDown. But uh, overall, I actually liked it. It, it ended up uh, being very entertaining, especially when they went to the compound. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, overall, I think New Day and uh, the Wyatt family put on a good show. I can agree with that. Um... I really, I really like the new day. I think that the new day, um, especially with them on the on the verge of becoming the longest reigning WWE tag team champions um, in WWE history. So we can, I think we're definitely going to see a great matchup on Sunday between them and the Wyatts. So I mean, and that's and that's that's a good point. I mean, it seems like all these things are building up to a lot of the question marks that I was hoping would get answered, and that was SmackDown Live Tuesday on USA and the WWE Draft, and right out the gates it was three to two. You have. Raw would, and you would, you pretty much would be able to draft a superstar for each hour that your show aired. So Raw had three picks, to SmackDown's two picks, and off the end, first pick overall. I think that was a unanimous decision by everybody that's here at the New Wrestling Alliance. We mean business. And Seth Rollins, first overall. What did you think about that draft pick and draft picking going forward? And well, you know, I'm a big Rollins fan, so I feel like it was the best choice. Uh, even if he doesn't win this belt this Sunday, he he could still carry a show. And I'll always tune in to see Rollins. So I'm really interested to see what development happens after this uh, pay-per-view is said and done, especially since him and Roman are going to be on the same show. You already know there's going to be drama there, so I'm pretty excited. What I like, what I liked about this is one, he's going to Raw. Two, come pay per view, it's either him or Roman are going to win that belt. And Stephanie and Mick were definitely smart for picking him as the number one draft pick, point blank, period. Yeah, it's a, and it's um, just good. I mean, I think that even I think that again, like I said, with the general manager pick, you're going to have some more storyline-driven content on Raw, and who better to top your show off with than pause Seth Rollins. You already have have Stephanie McMahon. You already have that allegiance right there. You understand that 
Seth is a draw in himself, and Seth is the guy that night in and night out puts on the high-quality matches, especially if these two brands are going to be separated. You need some. You need a workhorse, and Seth Rollins, not even a year removed from a torn ACL, is back to being the man, and he's earned it. And I think, I mean, and that's, I tend to agree with you. SmackDown on the thing, on the other hand, left no questions about it and said that Dean Ambrose is their guy. Dean going first overall to SmackDown. I think that's a logical pick. It's a power move. You have the WWE Championship. Even though it's still unexplained if the championship is exclusive to one show or if the champion has a travel. But nonetheless, that superstar who's the champion is exclusive to SmackDown and is can is pretty much carrying your territory. So I think that's a solid move. And I think that that's something that that's the energy that Shane and Daniel Bryan both want. How do you feel on that end, on that end? I I like it. I like I like um the opportunity that's gonna come from it. That that's gonna come from um um, McMahon and Shane and and uh, Daniel Bryan working together, uh, so it's definitely going to be good. I, I like that Dean was a number one draft pick for them, and he has the world title. Um, but I just I don't see him winning on Sunday. I don't see him keeping that title. But if he does keep the title, it it um it, I think it raises the question of what belts will they have on Raw as opposed to the world title being on SmackDown? Or will that change? Yeah, like, I'll be happy with whoever wins this Sunday between those three. Um, when it comes to this draft in general, though, I'm confused as fuck. Like, I I don't know <laughs> the situation with any of the belts, basically. And Hopefully, like, after Battleground, they start to clear things up and give us more information about how this divide is going to work because that means, what, that the Bells just on Raw or SmackDown forever, and the, the, that's it? And, like, how do the pay-per-views work? Is it just one show's pay-per-view, then the next, at the end of the month you have the other show's pay-per-view? I just, it's just so many questions and, like, no answers. They bring back WWE in your house. Only if there's a house there, actually, too. I can agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, what? here's something that I was really impressed with the WWE draft. The third overall pick, and I think it's, it definitely shows there was a, real, a, very, a really strong commitment to the women. Charlotte going third overall, the women's champion going to Raw, I think that that's Stephanie McMahon all the way. You can't, you can't spearhead. You can't be the per, the woman who says you're bringing a divas revolution around, and not have, not just Charlotte, but a flair. It, it gives you, it gives that prestige. And going back to being confused as fuck, the the women's champion is that exclusive to Raw? Who knows? But regardless. Third overall, it says a lot of Charlotte's talent and how she's viewed amongst the brass in WWE. What do you think about that, Ichi? I think that you raise a good question because it does. It leaves you where where are these titles going to be defended? Are they just 
solely for Raw? Are they just solely for SmackDown? And like you were saying with Charlotte being the third round pick, she breeze proceeds to Raw. She is a flair. But also, you know how much I love my homegirl, Sasha. Sasha's on Raw and my homegirl, Paige. They're both on Raw. It's going to definitely bring the women's division up to par with all of these phenomenal women wrestlers that's on it. And that's and I think that's something that's um, that I'm pretty I'm just I'm excited for. I think just the theme throughout the draft especially for Raw was just getting those heavy hitting women that you've touched on. You have Sasha, you have Charlotte, you have Paige. There is a there is a high level Dana Brooke, there's a high level of talent on Raw that you just that like I said, it screams Stephanie all the way. Emp, do you have any of these on um, the women's division with that? Sorry, I heard you say Charlotte Flair, so I went to go take my bathroom break. Charlotte is so boring. That's that's all I can say about Charlotte Flair. I don't care for her that much. I mean, she is talented. Don't get me wrong, but she's boring to me. So I'll be happy when she's not the champion anymore. So I'm happy that they have like Sasha Banks on Raw and that they have Paige because as soon as one of them get that belt, I'll find it interesting again. But right now, it has become my bathroom break again. I have to disagree with you with her being boring. I think it's just with been her caliper of opponent. But I think if Charlotte was to wrestle someone like Sasha or wrestle someone like Paige, I think that it would actually be a more entertaining match. I don't think it's necessarily on her. I mean, she is the women's champion. You don't just give someone titles unless it's, you know, The Rock, you know, like a few years ago. But anyway, um, <laughs> but... I, I think I think you give out titles to flares. I tore them all down! Maybe you're right. She is a, she is a flare. But, I mean, she's a, she's, she's a great champion. I think that you can't knock that. But I would like to see Sasha or Paige with the belt. I can agree with that. I don't know, maybe Rick was around too long and kind of ruined her for me. Maybe her second second reign will be better whenever she... Because I know she's going to get the belt again. That's just just a given. Of course, she's a flair. But um, as it is right now, I'm over her, and I'm ready for somebody else to hold the reins. I'm I'm still giving women a chance. And that's not to say it in a sexist manner either. I and I appreciate the fact that they are pushing, having emphasis on women. I do think that Charlotte, while the character I agree with you is just stale, even I, even the even Dana Brooke has a weird dynamic. It's I I wish that Charlotte, while ta- talented, would get over with her talent and not these flair-driven storylines to develop whatever character. Is it just me, or they should have actually um, had her and Natty come together instead of Dana Brooke? Am I the only one that thinks that? I mean, I personally wouldn't want to see it. I'd rather Natty go rogue and attack everybody and, you know, try to make, you know, some some type of, some type of, you know, when Brett... Was anti-American. I <laughs> like, like that. <laughs> like that's what I want Natty to become. Like, 
I, I feel like she should just start hating everybody. Do me a big favor and please just shut I up. I want her to join the Wyatt family and be Sister Abigail. Because anything that she does on her own, she, I, she's, she's probably, she's a nice person. I've seen her on Total Diva. She's interesting. She It doesn't translate to me on... In the on ring? The, no, it's just it's just very Lex Luger-ish. And that's no offense to her, but I want some character development, not whiny heart stereotype. I mean, in her defense, like, she's always been part of, like, some type of stable. And, like, I feel like only recently have they been, like, setting her loose by herself. So it's like, I think this is, like, brand new territory for her, but I hope they kind of expand on this. Because I feel like she can go for at least one more run before, you know, she starts only being a trainer or whatever she's going to do after her career is over. Yeah, well, it's like, it's to the point where is she just going to be jobbing for, like, everybody? Because I do, I like I like the character that she has, but I feel like if she's going to get into another stable, it would have been smart to actually place her with Dana Burks. Of course, it was, like, a week later, like, after she did her heel turn. Um, she has to win the belt at some point. I know, and that's my thing. I totally agree. She needs some type of second title reign at some point. You can't take her seriously until she actually wins something. Right now, she's just living off the heart name. Bingo. Bingo. We're not, but we're not bashing that. But let's move on to the fourth pick. Phenomenal pick. I'm excited. I, you could, if it wasn't for the WWE champion, he probably would have been the first pick. The phenomenal AJ Styles exclusively on SmackDown. How do you feel about this, Ichi? I really wanted to see AJ on Raw, but it makes sense that he is going to be on SmackDown. Um, especially with uh, John Cena. I think that with this feud, I think that it'll continue. Um, and he's going to be separated from the club. But he can still... Beat up John Cena! Exactly. So it's it's to the point where I'm really digging I'm really digging um I'm really digging AJ on SmackDown. I think that he's still phenomenal and I think that the storyline between him and John Cena will just escalate. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's perfect. I think it's one it's a perfect segue. We got Battleground with the club versus Enzo Cass and Cena. I'm hoping that the club goes over, but now that the club leaves, they're going to get their, they'll finally get their quote-unquote one-on-one match at, at SummerSlam, which we predicted two episodes ago. So I'm excited with just the care, with the, with the, that potential of what AJ can do without the club there because the club is going to be on Raw, and that takes me to my fifth pick, fresh from NXT. The Demon, Finn Balor. Amp, what do you feel about this? I know you're really high on this. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Finn, so I'm really excited about what can happen uh, with his character. I'm, like, I'm also kind of hoping that he's going to make some p- type of impact on uh, Battleground, since, you know, it's going to be him and the club on Raw now. So I don't know, like, is the club really going to stay true to AJ or, you know... I don't know what's going to happen. Like, there's so many possibilities. 
especially since I hope they immediately put Finn into some type of, you know, championship uh, program. So I just don't want him, you know, drifting around for a couple of weeks. I like Balor. More his entrance than him. And as long as he's not wearing blackface, <laughs> I'm good. Um, I like I like that he's going to be on Raw, but I think they're going to probably treat him like they did AJ for the first couple of months that he was here where he gets into um, a big feud and, you know, eventually, you know, starts to work himself around, especially while he's on Raw. It's a lot of great talent on Raw for him to work with. And I think that that's one important thing that Stephanie and Mick took into consideration, especially by grabbing him. I think that that's um, definitely a good look for, for the Raw brand. Yeah, I agree. As long as he keeps the, you know, the paint artistic, you know, more artistic, less, uh, you know, red lipstick and black face paint, I think it'll be good, you know. I mean, he's talented in the ring. Um, <laughs> I still don't like his finisher for some reason. Uh, I mean, it's cool, but I, I just, I don't know. I just, it still doesn't. I, I'm totally agreeing with you, only because it's like, <laughs> you're just jumping and you just stuff it on my stomach. Okay, can we get a new finisher? <laughs> yeah, like, but, you know, overall, he's still, you know, a great character and a great in-ring performer, so I'm 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 excited about it overall. Uh, it's just, it's a it's a fresh face. It's somebody that you knew was main roster ready. He has he has the following. Yes, his entrance is probably is going to catch steam once, especially once he's on the bigger on a bigger stage. Wait until WrestleMania when you have ninety, a hundred thousand people, hundred thousand plus people doing the Finn Balor thing with the lights and all that stuff. And probably something weird is going to be painted in black, like it or not. However, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it brings a dynamic where you know you have him there, you have the club there, another New Japan stable that was main event caliber. Do they shoot just up to the top of the card? Do they, are they faces? How can, how is Finn going to be played in all of this? But, and that's just the first five picks. And anything else that stood out in the Raw or SmackDown draft that you all really, really want to highlight? Yes, I am very upset that the Big Show was even highlighted on the program. They should have just had it, like, on the fucking um, network because the Big Show is just a filler, and I feel like they always do this where they put a Big Show match just to fill up time, and I'm tired of WWE. You heard me. You heard us here first from New Wrestling Alliance. We are tired of the Big Show. I agree. Like, you know, I'm sure Big Show's a great guy. But, like, I don't understand how he got picked over all these other people. Like, I would have even understood if Mark Henry got picked when Big Show got picked. Like, at least Mark Henry, you know, is still... Like, he loses all the time now. I understand. But he's still somewhat of a threat to me. To me, and personally. His, and his entrance music is by far one of the best entrance music in WWE history. I totally agree. I totally agree. See, y'all a bunch of puppets. You do what I ask you to do. This is y'all right here, dancing. And, you know, I'm in the minority. I'm looking forward to Big Show versus Shaq at WrestleMania. I don't care what anybody says. That's something that sells tickets bathroom break. Cotton candy break for me. 
But I but I will say I will say you know Big Show getting drafted is, is over other people is something that I still don't get, especially when I mean shoot, Free and Heath Slater is still a free agent. He's talking about being in Evolve and going on to the indie scene. But you know one pick that I'm really huge about American Alpha, another NXT team drafted to SmackDown. This has Daniel Bryan written all over. This is, to me, this is just as another injection of superior talent into the already deep, already deep tag team division. Do you have any thoughts on this, app? Yeah, like, I'm really high on these guys. Like, they're amazing in ring. And at some point, they keep teasing a Kurt Angle comeback as, you know, some part of their uh, ensemble. But even without Angle, they're just an amazing tag team. But I'm still left thinking, like, does that mean on SmackDown we just get countless meaningless tag matches, or do the belts somehow pay a, like play a picture? Like, are they going to have tournaments where you get a shot at a pay-per-view title shot, and then it makes its way to SmackDown? Like, that's, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Yeah, that's another thing. It's, again, we, I still want the... There's still some kinks that need to be addressed within this brand split and the drafts because you have all these all of this talent but what are they vying for? In my opinion again, I've said it on episode one, I've said it on episode two and I'm gonna say it now. You should have one world champion. That world champion should be able to go between both shows. How else are you a world champion if you only own if you only own it for one for one show and don't go to the other territory. If you're still if you want to concrete Create this level of competition. That's what happens. And if you're going to be the champion, you have to earn your, you have to earn that extra bit, extra bit of pay. So you're going to have your world champion. You're going to have your tag champion and your women's champ. Let Raw, let Raw have the U.S. Championship. Let the Intercontinental Championship be on SmackDown and have those to be exclusive. To me, it's simple. Ichi, do you, what are your thoughts on it? I, I like that idea, but at the same time, I don't think the WWE is actually going to do it. I feel like they're going to eventually bring back another title, especially if Dean remains with the belt um, on Smack on SmackDown. I feel like they're going to need some type of world championship belt on Raw. Like you were saying, um, have collectively um, like one set belt, um, like as far as like the IC belt on. SmackDown, while the like U.S. title, you know, is on Raw, so it's, you know, so you can actually build up the brands that way. I can agree with that. Yeah, like I, in my opinion, I see the Intercontinental Belt switching to Raw with uh, our boy Darren Young finally taking that championship, and then I see. Uh, I could kind of see uh, the U.S. title ended back up on SmackDown. I, is it? Uh, it's probably a low percentage chance that you know Ryder gets that win, but I could see it happening. Rusev crush Ryder. That's all I'd say about that. And yes, my boy The Miz brings Intercontinental Championship to SmackDown again. The A-lister at this point now. SmackDown's made out. They have, in my opinion, the two highest-rated belts. And if you if you have 
a hierarchy in WWE. You have your you have your world champ. You have your Intercontinental champion. Then you have U.S. champ somewhere to the side. You got the Miz. You have Dean Ambrose. Not to mention you have AJ Styles. There's a lot of talent on the SmackDown side that SmackDown Live being a strong show. I can agree with that. I mean, um, except for The Miz. Um, I can agree with that. I think that SmackDown is definitely, they have Bray Wyatt, um, John Cena, AJ Styles, Randy Orton. That in itself is just going to be great for, you know, great for wrestling. Um, Baron Corbin, the up-and-coming star. I mean, I don't think that Austin Ziggler is really going to get that far. But like you said, I think that SmackDown is definitely have some great picks on here. I'm surprised that Miz wasn't, like, taken to Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, like, I mean, the only reason Miz got picked is because he's the champion right now. And we all know that. Like, he would have went... Yes, exactly. He's the he champion. <laughs> How can you get upset with him for, for being the champion? You're mad at him because he's winning. I'm not That's mad at... I'm not mad at the Miz. Hold on. I'm not mad at the Miz because he's winning. I'm mad at the Miz because he sucks. Yeah, like, he... The Miz does not suck. Once again. We're just saying... We're just saying... Bizarro. We're just saying the Miz... The Miz would not have gotten the winner as he did. The Miz. The Miz would have not gotten the Miz. He would have been probably there with Heath Slater, waiting to figure out where he's going to do next if he didn't have the belt. And Maurice. The Miz is still the top. Maurice is still one of the top heels in the company. And you continue to run him down. He's the top heel. He's the IC champ. He was the victor of what might 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 quite possibly be the match of the year, and for whatever reason, he hasn't earned you all's respect. No, That's it's fine. not that the Miz. You keep mentioning this match. Yes, the match was great, but it wasn't for the Miz. The Miz easily just actually just pinned the guy in the ring. Like everyone else was actually wrestling while Miz was pretty much like hiding on the outskirts of the ring. Come on now, let's. We all saw the match. You're I mean, just as bad as you're just as bad as um as uh lady to Trump taking Michelle Obama's speech. <laughs> the Miz is like the guy on the bench that gets a ring when his team wins the championship. That's all he is. Like he he has he has the belt, but that's it. Oh, well, so, just... so oh, somebody. So that means somebody else covered the one, two, three, and Miz just happened to have the IC belt. I'm saying he was at the right place at the right time. And you're going to be mad at him for winning? No, we're mad at him because he sucks. <laughs> he does not suck. Again, you just finished saying he had an awesome match with three world-caliber athletes. No, 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 no. We said he was a part of a great match. We didn't say he participated. He was just he there. He was the winner of the great match. We already saw, okay, we're going to keep watching. I want everyone that's listening to watch that pay-per-view match with The Miz versus Cesaro versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, and you tell me whether or not you actually paid attention to The Miz in that match, and you get back to us on Twitter, on social media, anywhere. At we are NWA. But this upcoming Sunday, WWE Battleground. We talked about this draft, so we know that some of these matches are going to be the last time you're going to see the majority of these matches. We have the brand split. You have a shield triple threat. We have Roman fresh off of suspension. And it's just, it's 
it'll be interesting to see how what direction WWE takes all this. If what do you think any predictions for Battleground? I'm hoping for a lot of surprises. I think in the main fight, I'm seeing. Uh, I think Roman takes it. I know it's not the most popular decision, but you know I can see Roman pulling it up. I see Owens going over Zayn. I see Becky over Natty. Uh, I'm hoping D Young beats uh, Miss, and I'm seeing New Day over the Whites. First, I'll have to say that I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to actually for the highlight reel, um, <laughs> with Randy Orton. True. True. Um, Natalia is. I, I feel like if she does not beat. Becky Lynch, that it's a wrap for it's a wrap for uh, Natalia in a while, um, only because it's too much it's it's too much losing. I mean, she's lost to she's lost to um, to Flair like three times, so it's like <laughs> she many that she hasn't won the belt. Does that mean she becomes the leader of the job squad? Yo, she never <laughs> she never, right. won. never. I don't even know how she ever gets a title shot because she's never won anything to get a number one contendership. Exactly. Um, but I will say that I'm really excited about this Rusev match. Happy Father's Day! Um, I'm really excited about this match only because of Rusev. Rusev has grown on me. I remember not necessarily liking his character when he was a Russian. Oh, a Bulgarian. Oh, mean is he a Russian again? Okay. And... <laughs> I'm I'm really liking his character and his reign as champion. Um, Zack Ryder, I I love I love Zack Ryder. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, especially as far as like you know him being you know the internet fan favorite and um, even like the edgier song that he has now with the woo woo woos. <laughs> he um I I'm 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 actually excited about this match and I think it'll actually be a decent match. I mean Zack Ryder isn't winning unless it's like some type of like one two three kid type thing. Um but I mean it's possible he's had like how many one two three kid moments already? <laughs> exactly. But uh who do you think is gonna be Sasha's secret uh tag team partner? Yeah, it better be Bailey. He, if, if there's one big ass miss that happened in WWE, yeah, on SmackDown Live, why is it that any any other woman got called up over Bailey? Like seriously, like that's more of a slap in the face than when Daniel Bryan was not getting a title shot. Bailey's been running NXT and has yet to get that respect. Yeah, yeah I, was... I can I can agree with that. Um, yeah, I think that either I think yeah I think that she's I mean, I, w- <laughs> I wish it was Emma, but <laughs> um, but I definitely like um, I like the odds of it being um, of it being of it being um, of it being her. Um, I got Sami Zayn actually over Kevin Owens for some reason. Uh, New Day over the Wyatts. I think that John Cena somehow, hopefully, he puts AJ over. I mean, he puts yeah, he puts um, the club over or some something. Also have Roman Reigns taking the belt. Yeah, like I, I really need AJ to have. He doesn't even need another. He doesn't even need a clean victory. I just need him to have another victory that he can rub in John Cena's face. I'm and, always for beat up John Cena moments. 
And I was going to say, it's all. it goes back to what Jordan was saying, is that we would need to see AJ beat John Cena at least two, if not all three, times that they wrestle. Yeah, like I feel with this uh, draft, I feel like it opens so many doors for people to recreate themselves, and I feel like it's the perfect time for John Cena to add something new to his character, who's been the same character for how many years now? Like, I think it's just, it's time. You mean a hill change? Or, well, you, mean, or you mean his his old character from his thugonomic days, Enzo and Cass? I, I, I would be open to anything that's not current day John Cena character. Anything that makes sure that you can beat up John Cena, okay with me. But I don't know. It's I'm looking forward to Battleground. I'm in the minority. I I have I don't see why Dean would not retain the belt. I got Dean retaining the belt. Dean is going to beat pin Roman. And Seth is going to blame Roman for the loss, and that's going to be Seth and Roman's program on Raw, while Dean has fresh opponents for SmackDown or however they figure out this world title situation. It makes the most sense to me. I mean, I can agree with that. I think, uh, like I said earlier, I'm okay with whoever wins this one. I feel like no matter where it goes, it's going to make for good TV. Of course, of course. Yeah, that's like the perfect like ending, but I feel like WWE is gonna like send us like a screw a screwball, and hopefully it's Roman Reigns. And and we'll and I agree with you, Anthony. You know, we all have our we can all have our favorites, but at the end of the day, whoever matches it, whoever wins, whoever wins is gonna make for good TV. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to the new day in the Wyatt family. I think again, we've been talking about this the past two episodes, the new day, and we've been talking about us beyond that. The new day actually getting a layer where they're actually being more physical and not necessarily a joke. This is a chance for new day to earn their stripes and really stamp their stamp their name in the record books because. They're going on almost one year as your WWE Tag Team Champion. And I know each of you are really big on those, on that. What's something that you, what's something about New Day? Why do you think New Day has been able to maintain this momentum for 300 plus days? One, I think it has been their, um, their crowd input. I think that the crowd, the fan favorites, the universe has definitely bought into the characters of New Day. Um, New Day has always been entertaining. They flipped the script. I don't know. I mean, Vince has this weird 70 fetish for black people that I just do not understand or something like referring to like the church and us singing and shit. But New Day formed themselves kind of away from that, and they ran with the ball. Um, I remember even watching... um, uh, it was uh, some type of it was some program on on the network on WWE Network with with the three of them and it was like dinner with three or something like that and you can just see the dynamics of them as a tag team and I think that that's one thing that also led them into being champions for those 300 plus days because they are 
the WWE Tag Team Champions. And they're legit a great tag team. And I think that this feud with new with with the Wyatts is definitely gonna be um one of the highlights of Battleground. Yeah, like I agree, like the new day is is just a breath of fresh air when it comes to when it came to the tag division, because before them, it was getting very dull and very same old same, and they kind of came in, reinvigorated it. Uh, they themselves, all three of them are talented as single wrestlers, but together they kind of uh, gel and come up with this new uh, movement, and they always have ways of re, re uh, like refueling their movement. So you had the the bootios, and then it just you know the power of positivity and whatever they come up with next. It's just they keep the movement going, and I think that was just that's the reason that they've kept the belts this long. No other tag team so far in current times have been able to get the fans that into one team, and it's three people in this tag team, which is just <laughs> strange in itself. Well, that's it, the new Freebirds. I mean, they're, and they've really reinvigorated the tag team division. You have you have the New Day. You have the Wyatt Family. You have Vaughn Villains. You have Cass and Enzo. You have American Alpha. Nice. You have Golden Truth. And you have Rizongo. And you have the Social Outcast on Raw. There is so many. The tag division is very deep right now, and this is and this is something that doesn't happen without the New Day actually being that damn good. So kudos to you all, New Day. So I want to take it from our kudos to New Day as they're becoming our tag, they're becoming the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history, and want to touch on yet another WWE lawsuit. I know this is something that you were really big on. What are the details about this? Can you um, inform us that are not as up-to-date? What's WWE getting sued for now? Well, you know, this is another one of those concussion lawsuits. It has about, I think now it's almost, I think it's around 53 (laughs) or 55 ex-wrestlers, uh, trying to sue the WWE. I think the main one is uh, Jimmy Snooker. But, I mean, I I don't know Did if you guys saw... Uh, wait, wait, didn't he just kill a guy? No, he killed his uh, girlfriend. Or okay. Wait, wasn't he on trial? Yeah, but he got off because he was deemed um, unsuitable to stand trial. But, um, because of the concussion. Uh, that's, what the, that's why he's trying to sue. But, hey, yeah, like, you... I don't know if either one of you saw uh, coaches... Uh, interview on uh, ESPN, but like I agree with him totally. Like I feel like all of this is kind of false to put on the WWE, especially since all these wrestlers also wrestled outside of the WWE. So I mean, it's no, it's no way you can say that all this lies on WWE when you're doing these matches with you know no protection. Everywhere, you know, it's not like you were just always watched. So you could have hurt, hit your head anywhere. It, it. I just find it. I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. 
Yeah, I don't see it necessarily going anywhere. Um, this is, yeah, this is, this. it kind of reminds me of, like, Dan Marino in the NFL. I mean, I feel like one of them are going to be like, okay, no, it didn't. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, there it goes, my head again. So I feel like. like I, yeah, like, I feel like unless, like, I feel like the only reason in the NFL's case that they lost that case and had to hand over all that cash was because somebody knew that this stuff was happening and they ignored it. In the WWE's case, I don't feel like they really knew that type of stuff until, you know, the NFL got hit and then the Chris Benoit stuff happened. But, like, you know, after that Chris Benoit stuff, you know, I feel like the WWE took a closer look at what was going yeah, on. They became, more pro- they became more proactive about wrestling safety in and outside of the ring. Before it was, it's just like any other sport. It was just like, oh, war scars. Oh, yeah, you'll just gotta get back on your horse and go run again. But now, even now, WWE go has a very strict concussion protocol in order to avoid these things. It's there was a mat. I think, I think again, as like you touched on Coach's point, if you're do- if you're going on to the independent scenes and still having these matches and stuff like that, but yet you're coming after WWE. It's because you know WWE has the most money. You're trying to get a get a bite of the big dog, which is why I say yet again another lawsuit from broken down wrestlers that unfortunately need to latch on to WWE for whatever a little bit of financial reasons. Because if they really needed physical help, look at look at Jake Roberts, look at Scott Hall. There's plenty of outside. There's plenty of extended help for things that you're accusing uh, WWE of not protecting you of. And and that's what I was going to highlight. I mean, I know for a fact that there are programs in the NFL when things like this happen, when financial issues come up for old players, there is, um, you know, a union or some, some form of allowance that's helped to pay, like, bills for... Um, a medical bill or something like that, like if something comes to grips. I believe that WWE should do that. If not, Jordan, is that true? Do they have something set up like that for um, wrestlers that actually have been in the WWE with kind of like an insurance policy for for life? Or do you know anything yeah. about that? Yeah, they're, yeah, like I said. Exactly. So it's like, Jimmy, what's going on? Right, exactly. And he's got help. He's got clean, just like Jake the Snake. So it's like, Jimmy, <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? Let's begin wrapping it up with a good idea that my man Endpoint had, had spoke about. What are two or three things that you'd like to see at this pay-per-view and the next upcoming show, up for upcoming shows? Uh... I would say one thing I hope happens. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I want to see the hardcore championship comeback with the belt that was defended 24-7. I think that just makes good TV. Um, I want to see uh, Darren Young become champion because, you know, he, Bob Backlund has to get that job done, making him great again. And I would like to see... Some type of uh, something happened with Dolph Ziggler. You know, he's been doing nothing for a couple of years now. Like, 
I just I just want to see some like his character be rejuvenated. Um, for me, I'll definitely like to see Sasha Banks take out the WWE Women's Champion. Um, I'll also like to see Cesaro, even though he lost that match. I'll like to see Cesaro um, take off and definitely get back into the title picture. Let's see. Hmm. For me, one. I want. I like to see a Dean Ambrose that's not goofy. Someone that a more deeper, darker, aggressive Dean Ambrose. Look forward to New Day passing one year as your WWE Tag Team Champions. Let's see. I'm also going to say that, of course, The Miz maintaining, retaining his Intercontinental Championship, best act on SmackDown. I'm looking forward to Kevin Owens and AJ Styles being the workhorses of those brands and and eventually being world champs. So I think that we've we've wrapped long enough on this episode. And we've got plenty of news, of course. Brock stopped doing drugs this draft, and just plenty of good talks. Once again, exiting out of here. I'm the one P1 J Dub to my left. This is who? Ichi Bond, Darius Ichi, and hopefully Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar's. Um, drops didn't get swished up. <laughs> Let's hope not. This is Adios from your boy Imp, and say no to drugs. See you next time, folks. <laughs>